don't listen to so many people's advice. <laughs> like, just do, figure it out, you know? Like, keep your mind open, try a lot of things, and, uh, and find whatever is right for you. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to Anyone Anywhere podcast. So I today I have the great pleasure to have here with me a friend and also a train companion, Christopher Killing. I will tell a little bit about Christopher. Christopher is a Berlin-based artist, graduated from Central St. Martins with a BA in graphic designs. Chris explores the balance between realism and simple form, between traditional painting and more modern painting using a mix of acrylic, oils, and digital painting. Chris' work has been subject to a number of solo exhibitions around Germany and England. To end up, Chris is also the co-founder of the Collective Adseton. I don't know if I'm pronouncing correctly, but Chris will say me. How are you today, my friend? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So, tell me a little bit about yourself for the ones that still don't know you, a little bit about your background. Wow, you covered quite a lot there, actually. Yeah, I'm, uh, my name is Christopher Keeling. Um, I'm a full-time painter since 2015. That's why I uh, canceled all the other side jobs that I had been going on until then. Um, yeah, I studied in London, studied graphic design, which was kind of like my segue into the art world. Um, I live in Berlin. I, I grew up in Berlin and also in Cologne, which is in the west of Germany. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much, that rounds it up. Nice. Let it, let's go a little bit in the back. How the graffiti happens in your life in 92, how it was. Can you tell me a little bit, painting in general and art? <laughs> well, 92, I was four years old. Okay. So I think that was, a, that was the moment. I, but honestly, um, I, have, I have an older brother. He's 10 years older. And um, okay. I remember the, the first and the graffiti was obviously a big part of my life and, and, a, and also like a way to get into art later on and painting later on. Um, but yeah, like I, I was around, it was around 92 actually must have been where my brother was allowed to spray paint the back of our garage at the time. My parents allowed him to, to do that. And, uh, I was like, yeah, four years old and I saw him as his friends kind of spray painting some stuff in there. I can't remember what it was, but I remember seeing it and thinking that's the coolest shit I've ever seen. And I, and that's like, it, it triggered me really early that I was like, wow, that is, that is awesome. It's like grown up people doing like, you know, something that's kind of wild kind of like you know still artistic and and yeah that that set me off and from there on i was i was copied like as a child copying stuff out of books a lot and uh and, and trying myself out with like markers and this and that and, like like yeah i went down the, the graffiti route very hard from there on <laughs> nice and after uh still in germany you also study uh design and you went after to england how it was that period just to 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 put a segue um, well, I studied, I, I didn't really study a lot of design in Germany. I okay. did a couple of courses before to prepare myself for university, okay. uh, which was in London. So I, I, I graduated high school in Germany, in Cologne, where my parents still live. And um, from there, I, I, I realized that that was the thing. I was really deep in this graffiti thing, and it was, it was all about that. It was, um, it was kind of limiting in a way, and I, and I was young. I was 19, so I didn't really know, like, the, you know, how wide the wide range of mark making or expressing yourself with like visual media and, and art 
So um, I had no idea. And then I was applying around and, and uh, looking at different universities. And I was, I was incredibly lucky to be accepted by the Central St. Martin's College for Art and Design in, in London. Um, and and that, really, that really opened a lot of like mental doors and, 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 and stuff in my head, which yeah, just allowed me to use like a lot of the, the facilities there. They have like print working facilities with like presses that are, you know, hundred years old and stuff. It's, it's, it's quite impressive to like work with like part of history. Like you learn, you learn mark making and, uh, and design and art from, from the beginning upwards. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it was, it was really, it was really a uh, inspirational time. And, um, and, and that really just paved the way for me to, to realize later that that's what I wanted to do. Man, and how it was the experience in, in London, uh, some lessons that you took from living abroad, if you want to share with me, because I'm also interested. London is rough, man. London is a, is a really, it's a fast city. I'm a city person. Like I, I grew up in Berlin mm -hmm. a lot, but like I have to say London was definitely another level. Like it, it's a, it's a real, it's a real melting pot of like everything. It's, it's a real big city. And, um, it wasn't easy, especially, you know, you just move out of home and stuff like it's a new world. Uh, you, you introduce to new people. You kind of have to like develop your own character at the same time. Like it's, it's a lot of like happening in your, in your life when you move out of home and you start, yeah, like standing in your own feet is too early to say really, because I was, I was supported from home luckily, but, um, but yeah, university was, was definitely like a game changer in, in many ways. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me ask, can we say uh, that uh, your purpose uh, is um, sharing art with others? Uh, can we define it? Or how do you define if you define it your purpose or your meaning in life? Man, I, I have to think about that question because it's, you know, it's one of the, the big ones. It's, it's one of the big questions of life and uh, the purpose and so on. But I think that there's not really a purpose per se. I think that everybody needs to find their own thing to give your life meaning or purpose or whatever it is that you that you want to do or that makes you happy. I guess that's essentially what it is, you know, like you're you're born and then you have a period of life and then you die at some point. So I think it's important to to spend the time. I think there's an emptiness which needs to be filled and, and it's up to you to fill it and whether or not it's like yeah, I think the best case scenario is it being something creative or productive in the in the further sense and, and something that doesn't hurt others, I guess. Man, and how you fulfill that emptiness, your emptiness that you have? <laughs> painting, man. For me, it's a lot of painting. I was, I was like, ever since as a child, I, I was always into drawing. So drawing was always like my little kind of, my, my safe space. And it was a, a way to impress schoolmates and girls. And <laughs> it was always a, a big, um, a big factor in my life. So I don't know, man, after school, cause I, cause I studied design, which is essentially advertisement, you know? So I, I learned like a lot of, a lot of ways of looking at the, I mean, advertisement is so impactful in our lives. So it's, it's everywhere, everything, whether we notice it or not, like it is, we're so influenced all the time. So, um, I don't know. I think like that was kind of the, 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 the yeah, it was kind of like this little awakening after I, I, I moved back to Berlin after university and I started working in a couple of agencies. Hmm um that that's not really what i want to do like it's 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 very repetitive it's surprisingly repetitive actually and um it's, it's surprisingly little creative like you you work for um one thing after another i don't know like I, maybe maybe it was just my experience I'm, I'm sure other people have better experiences but mine wasn't wasn't for me so um from there on like this was 2000 
13, 14, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there I decided that I, that I don't want to work in agency any, anymore. And uh, hmm. I had some other jobs. I was working for a theater, which was awesome. And, and that was much more hands-on and much more, um, well, I guess, creative and, 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 I don't know, had like this cultural aspect, which was nice to it. So, yeah, I did that until I could um, afford to, to drop all these side jobs mm-hmm. and do, do the painting full-time. No, because it's uh, it's beautiful. I I like it. The the first you listen to yourself, you know, independent. If because I think it's like you said, it depends of the person. Maybe marketing uh, or advertisement. It's not for you, and maybe it's for me. Depends. But I like it that you listen to yourself. You know, you say that man. Thank you, but it's not for me. You know. It was crazy. I, won't. I remember, like it, it was, it was a distinctive moment, man. I was, I was in a good job that a friend got me actually over like some corners, and I had, and they had, they, they live in, um, or the, the main office was in Bavaria, but they had an office, a studio in, in Berlin, and I got the job, and it was great. And I was in the job, and I was, um, literally, I was, I was just before I started the job, I went to like some art create, like some graffiti festival. I was a bit younger too, so I was very much like, oh man, this is awesome, like art, art and, and that's all I want to do. And then my, my job started and I was four weeks in and I couldn't do it. I just, I was done with it. Like I, I wasn't enjoying, I couldn't get up in the morning, you know, and you need that, that drive to, to get you going, whatever it is. I'm, I'm sure like it's, it's important to work through a rough patch. That's not the thing, but I just realized I just hit like, like a dead end there. Like, this is not what I want to do. And um, yeah. yeah. And many thanks again to the friend who like getting me into position. And I'm really sorry that I had to end up this abruptly, but That was that was mine. I had to pull the plug there. I think for, for that. No. To to you had to respect yourself first, you know, to to, and I think that is more important. Like I, I want maybe because for sure that you can give me a tip or, and to the listeners and viewers that maybe they are passing from the same period that you were before. They are in the job they they don't love and they know something that they love to do, but they are too afraid of the change which advice will you give to me and to them i'm i'm i don't think it's right to give anyone advice on that i think it's like if i give you advice to do something you do it and you're unhappy with that decision i would feel bad about that you know i would feel bad about influencing you that way like i can tell you the way i did it and this is the, or what happened to me and, and it worked out for me I'm, i'm very lucky that it worked out for me the way it did um Yeah, but everybody needs to, it's something I can't tell anybody to do. Like you need to have that drive in you, have that energy, that extra bit of energy, which most people have to bring up next to the job, you know, next to whatever pays the bills to do something and, um, and to invest that time into something creative or productive or whatever. Yeah. You, you want it to go into. So I think, I mean, the only thing I can say is try stuff out, like try different things. Try, if you haven't found the thing that like gets you going yet, like just keep trying and, 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 uh, And keep your mind open and I don't know like yeah, yeah just be be creative and uh, be, be curious and then just try different things I think that's the only thing I can say I think it's a great advice man like just keeping your mind open and like to the opportunities because sometimes you really don't know and like fuck I really love jujitsu or you know like it's something that we have in common like and <clears throat> when I was doing the research I found one sentence Uh, that I love it and maybe you can tell me a little bit about it a work has to be characterized by different emotions in order to convey different emotions to the viewers how do you do that 
in how do I do it or how do you do it? Like in, in general, like there's, that's art, man. There's like a million different ways of doing it. So I think everybody, or, or it's the audience essentially, man. I think the audience is, is very much a big part of the art thing. So if you look at conceptual art, which I am not, I'm not a conceptual artist, I'm a painter, where it's much more, it's much more clear and I can, uh, I can look at technical sides of the work, you know, which, which people, it's undeniable essentially. Like if I can paint better than other people, that's a tool I have that other people don't have or they don't have the ability yet. They need to invest like years of practicing like I did to, you know, essentially, yeah. you know, that's, that's, it's a skill. Um, but that doesn't cover art. Like art is, is such a big field and there's so many different aspects of art. And if you look at conceptual art, it's hard to say that. Like it's hard to say um, what, what brings the emotion into a piece. I think it is the emotion that reflects back onto the audience that really that is being, um, or that determines the, the intensity of the artwork, I feel. Mm. So it could be, yeah, it could be a scrambled up ball of paper essentially but if there's a great story or a context that the artist under which the artist has like formed that whatever sculpture you want to call it mm -hmm. um then it, it gains in in importance i guess in historical importance or political importance it can it can mean whatever like and, and exactly. it's the context which is really that which which adds value or not value but adds um yeah complexity to a piece i guess I mean, if you look at Duchamp, for example, it's like the, the most hmm. kind of on the example, who was like one of the leading conceptualists of, uh, of, the, 19th, of the 20th century. And um, he had the fountain, which was like a urinal, like he just had a urinal that he put on a pedal stool and, exactly. and, and, and claimed it was art. And, um, and he's right, because <laughs> it, is, it is, is the shock moment, like it is what he created. Um, which gives it the art. Like if you in, in, in invite a bunch of journalists and tell everybody, look, that's what it is, that is art, and they have to figure out what it is. Mm -hmm. The process of that to me is definitely, well, definitely um, uh, lets it be art in, in what I would call it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I love also the, the, the part that it also, it depends also what, and if you can provoke something to the, to the audience, you know, like, because, I think that is important if you can provoke some feeling in the person that is. That's important, man. If, if that doesn't exactly. work, then it's just a pretty painting, I think. Like, I feel there's like, and that's totally fair too. There's nothing wrong with that. I think like there's like, that, that it used to be, I don't know, in uni, we had this argument, like the difference between design and art and where does it blend over? It's, it's a really hard question. I think if you think whatever it is, is beautiful, then it's art to you. But if somebody else doesn't think that's beautiful, it's not art to him. You know, it's, it's just, it's just whatever. And I think it's a very, um, very personal, um, thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And <clears throat> when do you see for you that, okay, this piece, I'm happy with it. You know, I'm happy with the piece that is behind me, for example, as an artist. Uh, <laughs> that's a really good question. Well, I work, like, I've been, again, I've been trying so many different styles of painting and so many different ways, too, that um, the painting I'm doing right now is very methodical. So I have, like, a, a plan that's, again, like, I'm letting my design education kind of flow into my painting methods, which um, I really need, because I need to finish things off. It's very important for me to, to check it off, which was giving me headaches in the past where I was free painting or, or doing figure painting or um, like very detailed photorealistic um, oil painting where it's not really, there's no end or even abstract. I mean, abstract painting is the worst. Like you never know what it ends. Like it's really, it's all about emotion and it's all about 
uh, intuition and and yeah and and the gut feeling. So I like to finish things off. I like to check them off. I like to get exactly that like the this methodical approach that I learned from design. I specifically try to let that flow into my work. Maybe to to um, yeah to stand out a little bit. And I love it. <clears throat> and also you you touch in in two points that I love. Like you have to listen to your gut feeling. I think as artists, maybe you can say for sure better than me, you have to have your gut feeling well developed, you know, your intuition. I don't know, or maybe do you think, or it's affirmation that I can do, or am I wrong? Um, I think you develop certain skills, like in terms of like problem solving skills. Like if you are in the position many, many times that you don't know what color matches this color or how to arrange certain compositions or something, I think you definitely have a repertoire at some point where you um, not can pick from, but, but, but which you allow, allows you to get into the, the thing like easier and, and make, makes you, you know, dock on faster and then get results faster. Um, yeah, but again, like it's one of those things like you can, you can tweak it forever and hmm. uh, there's no, no real end to it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really the gut feeling. You can train it a little bit, I guess, but a lot of it happens in the moment. And a lot of it is, is there, there's a lot of happy accidents too, where you don't hit the color or whatever, or you, mm -hmm. I mean, and you, in, in other paintings I used to do, you slip with a paintbrush and, and it just looks awesome. And, and you just keep it that way because that's okay. at the end, not anticipated. And that's a lot of times it's, it's uh, very beneficial actually for the art. Yes. Like being in a, a Sorry. I think, I think it's about playing a lot or, or mm -hmm. having fun with it. And um, even though it is a struggle, like it's it's never easy. Like uh, it's it's not a it's not like meditating. Like it can be sometimes that you're like in a, in a state where you can just paint it off, you know. And and it's like you're you're in that state. But a lot of times it's struggle, man. Like a lot of times you don't like something or you see the flaws in it, which other people probably wouldn't even see anymore. But you see it, and then you know you need to fix it. And 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 it's it's the dialogue with the canvas or whatever the the sculpture or whatever you're doing, which. Um, yeah, which tells a story at the, at the end. Again, you touch in a lot of, but again, it comes in, in what you say, like in trying, you know, trying mistakes, trying again and failing. And you touch into things that you were saying that I'm, I'm very curious. When you are painting, do you get in a flow state? Um, I, I, that's the ideal situation. Like that's what you always aim for. Um, but no, you don't like it. It's, it's, that's the chase. <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's crazy. Okay. Like, I think that it sounds really weird for someone who doesn't, who's not like a, I guess, full-time creative all the time too, but sometimes you don't have these juices and sometimes you can't get in that zone and it's, and it's due to all types of factors. It can be an argument you have with a family member. It could be a bad experience at the bakery in the morning. You know, it could be anything. And suddenly it could be an appointment at the end of the day. Like, like I don't know, keeps you occupied in your head and then, and you can't get there. So it's, it's really a struggle. It's really a struggle. And it's really, I think that, that to me is something that I, through discipline, I think I try to, um, to learn or to mm -hmm. develop, like, I know, like a, like a consistency for, because that's something which, which I struggle with ever since mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a creative, like it's, it's, yeah, it's super difficult for the football state. But once you're in it, it's awesome. Like once you're in it, like time goes by, you don't even know what's happening. You know, you like, you look up and it's nighttime kind of like it's, 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 a uh, very powerful place to be <laughs> when you're in it. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, but 
you were already there. Like, it's like you start painting at 9 a.m. and it's like 9 p.m. and you don't eat, you don't feel nothing. How it was your experience? Can you describe it a little bit when you were in the flow state, just to have idea if you can? Um, it's really that. Like, flow state to me is is you get this tunnel vision. I get this tunnel vision. I don't know if I can speak for other people, but like I, I get this tunnel vision where it, I usually I'm I'm really into podcasts or, or it used to be music. Nowadays I listen to a lot of podcasting, um, so I just have stuff on and I realize that I'm painting or I'm doing something usually close up because you don't always have the time to to step back and see what you're doing. So a lot of times you're working on on some detail or something, which takes you I don't know say two three hours, but you're very close on the canvas. So um, you listen to whatever it is that you're listening to, and it's kind of like you know you're you're in this you're in this zone, you're in this flow state, and you realize a while in which something that felt for you maybe like 10 minutes that you've been listening to a three-hour podcast, and you're like, whoa, where where did that time? And at the same time, you achieve like you go back and you finally see like, whoa, I've done all this now in in those three hours. Like that is that is kind of the ideal, the ideal state to be in. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's the way I would I would sum it down. And I think it's really nice the way that you do it. And also at my point, I took it already some tips, you know, just put some music or some podcast and start working and yeah, just go try to go with the flow. Also, I have some, some questions when I was seeing your, your paintings, uh, I see a lot of women's and dogs. Why it's that? To be clear, it's one woman. <laughs> what? Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. I have, been, I have been doing a lot of a lot of figure uh, paintings or a lot of figure um drawings. But um, you're referring to to the Sierra series, I think, which I which got. I saw I saw more of them. I saw more of them. Yeah, but the the last one it's Sierra, please. Exactly, exactly. Um, I don't know. It, it started a year ago. I was working on um figure studies. Generally, I've been, I'm, I'm a figurative painter. I was a figurative painter for most of most of my career so far. So um, yeah, I was I was working on some stuff. Then the lockdown happened, and everything was was shut down. It was the first lockdown too, which like was you know nobody really knew what's gonna happen, how long it's gonna last, and then the the the, um, uh, the measures were much much stricter at the time too. So everything was really kind of shut down, and uh, and we were stuck at home, and we didn't know like how dangerous it is at the time too. So yeah. Um, and out of that energy or out of that, like out of the circumstances really, <clears throat> I started um, working with my girlfriend who was living in the flat with me to work on these, these poses that are going towards Yoon Yoglo, which is a, is a British painter who I've been following, who's, um, who's, who's very known for a, um, it's, it's a very geometrical uh, composition. So it's all about balance in the painting. It's a lot about the, the way the figure is incorporated in its surrounding and how it, its position kind of, you know, portrays the geometric shape or, or weight of the entire painting. Um, so yeah, I was looking at that and it, it was kind of the time that I, that I, that the lockdown happened. So we, we just did that. So I had her at hand. I had like chairs and a couple of props that I had in my, in my apartment. Um, and we just started going for it. And, and okay. it, it really, it, it resulted in this beautiful series of, of paintings of her um, in, different different positions and I, I added them I, I brought some complexity in it obviously because my, my apartment is not like super interesting to always paint over and over again so um, I gave the whole paintings like a very pastelli kind of a beautiful uh, taint to it with um, adding some some geometric 
patterns, which are inspired by Polya again, which is um, a mathematician who like, you know, worked with, with crystallography and like structures that are found in, in nature. Um, mm. So it, it, yeah, I try to combine like this limitation of space. I think that was kind of the, the, the play that I was going for, that we're confined, we're inside and um, we're limited, we're cut off from the, the world outside, but at the same time, she's kind of sitting or, or standing on, on this pattern mm. of infinity. So it's like everything kind of keeps going right now. We're kind of stuck inside. <clears throat> Another thing is her bathing suit. So a lot of times she's wearing, or I think in all of it, she's, she's wearing a bathing suit, which is um, which just underlines this idea of someone who doesn't want to be there. Like she she doesn't want to be there right now. Like it was, it's spring was starting to come, you know, and you wanted to be like in holidays, but we were stuck inside in, in front of the wall basically, and uh, and that triggered a whole yeah a whole the whole whole series that that developed out of it. Man, really, really, really nice. Like, well, the idea, it's beautiful. You know, like you are locked inside physically, but mentally, like you, you have the infinite. Yeah. And like yeah, the weather, it was really nice in April. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and in some previous exhibitions, you also have the dogs or the dog. Why? It's love the love. <laughs> I love dogs, man. I'm a big dog person. My whole family are dog people. Like my mom has five dogs at the moment. Uh, my brother has two. Th I think it's eight dogs in the family right now. So it's, it's, we're, we're serious about dogs. <laughs> um, I don't know, dude. It's, it's, it's one of those things. I think I haven't, like, obviously my dog is like, you know, she's, she's amazing to have around. And it's such a, such a balance when, you know, especially during the lockdown and pandemic and fucking wildfires and like riots and, you know, everything's just, kicking off and and a dog or dogs in general to me are like this pure form of like man that's that's still a good thing to believe in i think ricky gervais said that he, he said that um dogs are his religion and i can totally i totally like myself <laughs> i love it man yeah, yeah. <laughs> man yeah, yeah because i saw i was i was seeing some of your paintings and and the way that at least i, I saw that the view that you have of the dog it's like man it's like a religion exactly like like yeah. a religion like and it's true it's they, they are like two friends um in one of the questions you more or less uh asked me already that it, it was like about the relation between painting and meditation if you can see some relation i definitely can i, I definitely can and like it, it, it i guess it's related a little bit to this flow state which i would definitely put in the same category of meditation because that's essentially what I, th I think I'm, I'm not a person who has too many connection points or, or crossovers with the classical idea of meditation hmm. but i am very much aware of this flow state so for me that's kind of what i interpret as meditation so i think like when you're in this state where you kind of don't lose or when you lose track of time and you're being productive and you're you're doing what essentially what you're what you're supposed to be doing right there and right then then that's kind of like what what I would say meditation is, I guess. I tried some classical meditation like a while ago. I tried to I downloaded one of those guided meditation apps, and I um and I I did it for ten days until my my free trial ran out, and then I I quit. <laughs> so I don't know. Like I guess I I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great, and I um and I have to say like it was great for me too. But I I, I think everybody does it differently, and for me the the morning walk is is holy. Like that's mm -hmm. my thing. Like, if I, if I, I get up in the morning, I, um, I put on my stuff, I brush my teeth, I put on my stuff and I take my dog out for an hour of walk. Whoa. And that's, that's for me, it's, it's, it's 
like it gets my my day going it gets my mm -hmm. blood flowing it gets, i listen to my news podcast you know I, I play with my dog like that really it gets me ready for the day or for whatever is ahead of me that day and um and i'm i'm not in a good mood when i don't have that like i need that, that. Beautiful. i had a bargain with my girlfriend because she didn't get it at the at the beginning when we, when we started dating she always wanted to come and it's like and it's cute obviously but i had to explain to her that it's like it's it's really like this is like this and hour you. in the morning that i need i need like this it's like it's like my coffee my croissant and my jogging and I, everything is in there you know it's i need that and then, and then i'm ready for for whatever comes <laughs> Man, i love it because I, it's one of the questions but we can go already there it's uh, i love it daily app habits we can say that is the start of like the daily habit the number one habit that you have it's one hour walk with your dog absolutely absolutely um i have a bunch man i'm like tell me I, please like like i i have a i need a, i need a strict routine i think in my life and i and i especially as a freelancer like it's really hard to to stay on track with like a lot of things so For me, the dog is the perfect is the perfect um, way for me to do it to, to do it out of like other. I don't know how to say it. I'm, I'm not I'm not a good at getting up in the morning, for example. I, I hate getting up in the morning. But if, if I wake up to take my dog out, it's no problem because it's kind of like I get something back. I get like her, you know, looking at me and stuff. We're having a good time in the park. Like that really kind of motivates me. And um, yeah, and, and I think. Whatever it is that like you know sets you in a better mood or prepares you for the day, like I think it's, it's beneficial, and uh, and it could be all types of things. It could be dietary, it could be spiritual, it could be you know whatever it is. And uh, my mind's the dog walk for sure. <laughs> yeah, man, I love it. And also, you touch in a, in a, in a point that I think yeah, you have to be to have a lot of discipline being a freelancer, and I will also include as an entrepreneur because you have also to to deal with the business life of it. Um, how how it's a routine, a normal day. Um, well, again, like like having a dog really like tacks everything, like gives it like a really nice rhythm. So I have like my morning thing, uh, I have my breakfast, and then I, I I usually get straight to work. Either I go to the gym in the morning if I don't have jujitsu in the evening. I, I usually go in the gym in the morning, get that out of the way, and then put my podcast on and and start working until three-ish and around three i take my dog out again it's like perfect i have lunch and uh and do that until, again until the evening and then i spend time with my girlfriend i watch we were really into you know we watch all types of movies and stuff so we're really into into cinema that's that's pretty much a, a normal day and i love it yeah 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 and but it's important sorry yeah but it's so important to to keep that keep that rhythm i think it's i think that is yeah it's, it's, I, i can't give you any tips man or anyone any tips because no i think out and i think like whatever yeah it is that that gets you going like hold on to that <laughs> whatever is fun hold on to that because it makes it easier to, to do it oh, yeah, yeah but uh, sometimes it's man of course and the, the, there is days that you feel more motivated and less motivated but when you are working to yourself i think you it's just a little different and giving already your experience man i think You you already did some mistakes, you know, like beginners' mistake working as a a freelancer for sure. And I yeah. for sure. And I will ask you. Maybe <laughs> you don't want to, or you don't feel that you have enough to give. But if somebody is in the same position than than you, that is opening, uh, um, is opening now a new company or is becoming a self-employed. 
how do you how do you can to 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 keep the discipline like the the routine to go to work when you don't have somebody telling you that you must um maybe set little goals that's what i try to do i have like a couple of things that i i, I do that's what i do in my morning walk that i kind of make a small list of things that i want to achieve that day and um and then i work those off i think i think that's That's the way I do it. I don't consciously think about it, honestly, but I think that's that's the way I do it. Like it makes it easier if I have, yeah, I listed like three or four things that really have to get done that day, <laughs> and then I just do it. I think yeah, simple and efficient. I love it. I love it. And another sentence that you had in one of uh, your articles, uh, saying that the world is spinning uh, ever faster. My paints are my personal act of protest. Uh, what do you protest for? Um, man, there's there's a lot of things. I think where I try, like I think essentially being a painter is the protest in itself. And I think uh, it's so hard in the world, in the in the world, a part of the world that we live in, at least, to um, to live a life far from or, or away from the norm. Like most people are challenged into into um, office jobs or yeah very very regular regular jobs i guess and um and the creativity a lot of people lose it on the way because they're not able to keep it up in a in a society which just pushes you on and on and and um i think taking the time out and taking the um reducing yourself to the idea of of really investing your life putting paint onto a canvas is ultimate is the is the ultimate protest against a society or against a, against a system which um which drives everyone into yeah just the, the the max out of everyone and um and i disagree with that and i think like painting is 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 my rebellion by doing that like like i don't want to live any other way and um, i'm again like i can say this out of the position that i'm very lucky to be able to do this you know so um yeah i'm, I'm very very happy with my decisions and 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 where I've ended up at and, and very thankful for being able to do what I, what I can do. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And you have the notion of it, man. I love it. Your idea. And man, I think you, you are completely right. And now I, I love to ask to my guests, how do you describe your mindset? Fuck man, that's really hard. <laughs> I have no idea how to describe my mindset. I'm cynical, man. I'm super cynical. And um, like to a point where I can't even express it to a lot of people because they would they would think I'm crazy. So I, I think I'm, I'm quiet, man. I like to listen. I like to listen, and I like to I let the other people do the talking. You know, it's where it's it's too much like big mouthing in the world as it is. So let them talk, and uh, yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, let them talk. You do the work. It's like a beautiful piece that you have behind you, like beautiful. And um, do you see some relation between art and martial art as an artist? I do, man. Definitely, definitely do. I think again, the kind of the kind of links with uh, with this idea of what I'm protesting. It, it's what I was also protesting was the idea of like that, or or not protesting, but what I'm. Um, What I'm advocating is people to do something that they're really, that they that they're capable of doing. So painting to me was something that like, it was 
been difficult as growing up and doing graffiti and stuff. And I obviously saw like oil paintings. I had no idea how they were done. So for me, oil painting was kind of like the hardest discipline within painting or mark making that I could think of. And I wanted to understand exactly that. So I learned like a lot until I really, I, I got to the, to, to that spot really. And it's, and it's something that nobody can take away from you because it's yours. Like you learn it. So it's a skill that you know, and it's nothing that like you're, you need somebody else to do it or somebody explain it to you. You don't need like uh, money to be able to do it. Like it's just something that you have. And there, I think to me is, is, is the, you know, the, the main uh, um, connection to martial arts because that's, or sports in general for that matter, because it's something that nobody can take from you. Like if you're good at something, it's because you practice and you're dedicated and you do it over and over again until it, until it gets better. Um, and I think, and I think, yeah, it's, it's like painting. To me, it's like painting. Like other people will definitely have a different approach, but I see their connections for sure. Like I want to be the best at like whatever it is that I'm trying. Not because I'm like, I want to be the best, but because I set my goal that high to be able to grow and be able to, to try to yeah, push myself. I really like that. I like pushing myself and seeing and testing my own limits and, and martial arts, especially and, 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 and sports in general is, the, is next to painting, I, best, uh, I guess the, the best way to do it. And Again, it. the flow state. Too. Like, I think you definitely get a get a flow state at the at the right time in in, in sports. Like when you're yeah. yeah, when you're just when it just works, you know, like everything's just flowing. Like <laughs> it's like hardly a better way to, to describe it. It, it, is. it is, and I love it also because you touching a point about repetition, like you see in martial arts and in painting, the consistency that we need to achieve something. You know, I see. I think that is important and like keeping, keeping going a little every day, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, or you go to one train or another one. Like, I think it's quite important. Now, uh, tell me a bit, what is your definition of uh, uh, success? Um, man, my definition of success. I think it's doing something that you're happy with. Like, I think, uh, like real success is is not feeling like you're wasting your time i think like it's 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 doing something that is worth doing it's it's hard for me to to pin it onto something else than that like yeah it's it's really like successful is when you when you spend your time doing something that makes you happy or people around you happy and that you that you um don't mind doing i guess <laughs> that's success i guess yeah I think it's a great definition of it. I think it's really, really. And tell me a little bit about the legacy that you want to leave in this world. What is the legacy that you want to leave in this world? Uh, my legacy, again, man, I'm, I, I think it's overrated. <laughs> like as a, as a painter, obviously, I think I, I, I like the idea of people looking at my paintings in like 100 years or whatever. And maybe 150. What? What in 300 years? What? Like it doesn't matter, man. Like I'm, I'm very, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit like nihilistic about that. I think it's great to, it's a great motivation, personal motivation, to produce something nice or leave something behind or leave nice memories behind. You know, you can just be a good person, and 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 that is probably the hardest thing to do to be to be kept in memory, like as a as a nice person, as a good person. But everything gets forgotten and it's good. And I think it's necessary to forget things, to be able to grow and, uh, and develop better ways of doing stuff. And um, yeah, I don't know, my, my legacy. I want my kids and my, maybe my grandkids to be, to be talking nice about me, but then, you know, <laughs> that's, that's probably as good as I can get, as I can do. <laughs> and already, and yeah, we do, I think 
man, your art, it's part of your legacy. Wanting, wanting you're not, like, let's take touching the wood, but you could die today that your, your piece, it will stay here. I don't know how much time, but in the memory and as a art also, I think it's, it's a great legacy. Uh, tell me a bit. Uh, yeah. Tell me it's an object which is which is which is funny so like a big painting has to stand somewhere so it's if it if it it might just block someone's doorway somewhere but at least it's there you know it's gonna, it's gonna be around <laughs> I mean, you know but yeah yeah it's the i will not put it there man but yeah <laughs> it's man great 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 piece of art now uh some projects that you are uh, like we have Serra now in exhibition. If you can tell me a little bit more about uh, Serra, where is the exhibition, where the people can see it? Um, I was picked up by the Grove Square Gallery about four months ago, quite recently. And they're a fantastic gallery in London, based in London, um, who were very excited to show, my, to show the Sierra series in their, in their new um, showroom in London. And... Um, Ever since we're, we're we're having a great collaboration, they're they're a fantastic team of, of great creative and, and, and fantastic people. Um, that's amazing. Like the, the show is currently in London, in London, so that the paintings are hanging there, which is is, is a bit weird for me too because I can't be there due to the circumstances. But it's the first time I think that I have a show going on that I'm not actually personally there. But um, but I got a lot of photos and, and great feedback, and everybody seems to be very happy with it. So. Yeah, that's going on right now. Um, we have to see for the future we will, I mean, we're just starting the collaboration. So I think there's going to be a lot of things in the horizon, um, but we don't have anything like directly planned for, for the next upcoming months, I think. I mean, right now it's really hard to plan in, in general. So um, yeah. No, no, yeah. On, on the other side, like a lot of like online marketing is happening too. So, so Artsy is a big platform where my paintings are sold over the gallery to Artnet is another one. So I think, Generally, since the art world is kind of on hold due to cancelled exhibitions and cancelled art fairs, um, the the online marketing is actually, or the online market is actually flourishing. Okay. Um, yeah, because it's it's funny. It's funny. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Now, uh, with, with Corona, it's it's you are still the it's still happening. The the like online exhibitions or some. How the artists are, are doing? It's like a lot of going online, no? A lot of it is going online. Um, there's, there's been different kind of ways to deal with it. Um, the big art fair, I mean, most, most of the stuff, let's be real, like has been canceled and most, most exhibitions actually have been canceled. Um, yeah, a lot of, I think exhibitions, sorry, art fairs have actually tried to do um, digital art fairs where everything is like the, the collection is being still presented and you have a chance to to walk through digital kind of like hallways and stuff like that so that is being done i've heard of a, a nice thing in cologne i think where they have an exhibition in the driveway of the airport i think so it's like a car <laughs> exhibition so you can drive in which i thought was was amazing i don't know what they're called right now i would give them a shout out but i thought the idea was brilliant that stuck with me um and um and online, online platforms like Art, Artsy and Artnet are like the big ones so far where, where it's known, where people that want to invest into art and they don't have the time to go to a gallery or to an art show, they can, they can look for art there. So, and that's, that's growing too. And, and Corona is, is probably pushing it. I don't know the stats, but it's probably, it's probably getting better for them at the moment. I think it's, it's, it's making the people more creative that, that we were before this. 
Uh, also, I see. Also, some questions that I wanted to ask you about, like the way that you paint. You do a mix between the wall, the oil, the acrylic, and the digital. Why is that? Um, it's it's because I I tried all different types of painting beforehand. So it's like the style, like which which I didn't understand at the beginning either. Looking into it, like acrylic painting and, and oil painting is completely different. Like it's it's a very completely different way of approaching it, way of applying the paint, way of um, mixing the colors. Like it's it's it, they are like day and night, like you really can't compare the two. Um, and I was always torn between the two because acrylic is, 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 um, is easier to handle, it's water soluble, you know, you can do it in, in, in small spaces, like you don't need turpentine, you don't need like, you know, air ventilation, it's fine. Oil is a beast, man, oil is like a monster. It's like, it, it's, it sticks everywhere. You have a little bit on your, on your sleeve and you will have it everywhere in the apartment. Uh, you need like solvents and turpentine and, and, and white spirit to like get rid of it if you really want to clean stuff. Um, strictly you need like some kind of ventilation system you know it, it's 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 a it's a um but the pigments are awesome <laughs> like the color the quality of the color is 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 again it's uncomparable uncomparable with with acrylic like acrylic is so flat and it's when it once it dries like it it gets yeah it it, it gets flat and it, and it loses this the, the heaviness to it and, and and the weight to it and um and oil is just amazing like it's this buttery thick kind of like it it, it seals the kind it stays of with identity oh yeah oh yeah for sure like it really it wants to make you want to touch it you know like it's it's <laughs> it's like it's it's like candy man <laughs> especially when you have like a nice pink or something you just want to eat it like it, it becomes like this yeah it's, oh, it's, it's it's great stuff you don't eat it like don't do not eat it that's a really bad idea but you 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 may want to no um, dude. <laughs> Like, you are not giving that advice. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a really bad advice. Yeah, that's a really bad advice. But um, but yeah, working with both and, and, and not being able to decide really because like I, I I saw the benefits of both because both have it is advantages and obviously it's, it's uh, disadvantages too. But um, I think I settled on for me as for now I settled on the best kind of um the best how do you say that? what's the word. Like the best sides of the individual mm -hmm. medium, so I, I'm using acrylic in, in its in its best possible way to use acrylic for my sense. So I, I like to use it very thin. I, I like to add different layers, which with oil would take like weeks and weeks because the oil dries like very or oxidates much slower. Mm. So um, with with acrylic, I can work in the same day. I can even blow dry. You know, I can blow dry it in five minutes, and I can work on top of it. I can correct things. I can you know, there's it's much more to me more flexible because it dries and you can work over it right away. And at the same time, yeah, like it, it, uh, it's, it's the layering, which is, which I'm interested in, like giving it, giving it the depth over like shade and shade of whatever it is that I'm painting. Um, oil is, is completely the opposite. Like you slam it down. Like it's, it's a big, like it, like it, it's one block of color. Obviously there's a million ways of using it and you can definitely like thin it down with medium too and, and use it the same way as you would use it, um, acrylic. But again, you have this drying time. So you would wait like a, a much longer period of time to be able to finish something that you're working on. So I'm taking the, the best sides, which I thought out of, out of, um, uh, what, out of oil painting is the, the pigmentation, is the colors, the, the brightness and the, and the clearness of the colors. And I use that in my painting. So I apply these very, very bold or very um, well finely picked colors for my paintings, which I then combine with like a very watery, very thin, very layered, um, often figure 
uh, an acrylic, which which I think just yeah, the 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 play it actually adds to each other. It's like having a plus and a minus, like it kind of like you know highlights mm -hmm. the the opposite even more. At the same time, I found a way to blend them all together to kind of seem um, mm. homogenous, I guess. Yeah. And I love it. And uh, yes, exactly the idea of the acrylic. It's something fast that you can work it. You can like fast food a little bit like fast food and and you have it the whole that is like a meal that you have to enjoy and it's like one shot one opportunity it's more like you have to be more careful and you were talking also about podcasts what are you listening in now podcasts um i like it i'm a junkie for podcasts i listen to really? so many podcasts like i listen to so many podcasts that i look for you know the top 20 best podcasts and i know them all like it's ridiculous like i am because <laughs> i spend so much time painting it's really like it's it's a way for me to to it's like my reading or whatever it, i exactly. get my news i get my comedy i get my uh discussions my political debates i get everything in the shape of a podcast history i love historical podcasts i think that's one of my favorite one um my my, my favorite one is, is behind the bastards uh by okay. robert evans i think the host is called and it's a guy who looks at horrible people in history um, and, and looks at the way they got to be that person. So they look at their youth, they look at, I don't know, you look at Stalin and you look at the way he was brought up and like how his life developed into, or how he developed into like the character that we know today. And he does it in a way which is hilarious and, uh, and, and lighthearted at the same time he's tackling really, really heavy, heavy topics sometimes and uh, very uh, full of information. I love that guy, man. That's, that's like, yeah. Behind the Bastards is a, is a real tip. Okay, behind that. Do you have any more that you want to share? Like top three books also. If you have some books that you you, you like to share it, please. Books and um, podcasts. Well, one, one more podcast I have to give a shout out to is, uh, or two more actually. Please. My brother's podcast. He has an awesome philosophy uh, podcast actually. He's a, he's a philosopher in London. He lives in London himself. And okay. uh, he recently launched the London Philosophy Talk. Which okay. is which I I am going to to check out. It's 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 a really it's it's a breakdown of it's it's very complicated sometimes if you're not in the in the field, but at the same time he always finds a way to spin it to give you an access if you're not like uh, really deep in, in the material. So yeah, I really really advise that. And the other one is um is a curator salon which I have I was able to I was lucky to be on a couple of weeks back, which is a a great podcast about the art scene and about um, curators and artists coming to getting getting a chance to say uh, or, or speak their mind. It's yeah, it's just a fantastic, also great mm -hmm. podcast. Love it. Okay, books. Do you, do you, do you want to share some books or we stay in the podcast? I don't read enough lately. I no? have to say, <laughs> but um, I, I was thinking about that. I think like if like as an artist on your podcast and stuff, I thought of a book that is worth recommending is uh, Ways of Seeing, The Ways of Seeing by John Berger, okay. who is a, um, I think it's written in the 60s, 70s, I'm not entirely sure. He kind of broke down visual language from old paintings, like going back to the Renaissance and looking at, and, and, and looking at the, the um, way of um, how women are represented in the paintings, how wealth is being represented in the paintings, and how that had a a tie to the structures, the, the, the political structures at that time, and how that is basically taken into advertisement, and, and that is basically the foundation of, of the advertisement which surrounds us today. So he's looking at the visual language, which um, 
I think I think it just it, it just allows you to see beyond hmm. a lot of bullshit and, and, and a lot of like very simple methods which we're all confronted with every day like like target marketing and stuff and seeing that it's it's a scheme you know and seeing that this shit has been done for like hundreds of years and it's and it's really a way of um, yeah just it, it just it's it's a little eye opener to to the to the visual world around us and um, yeah it's, it's a good read a good easy and, and fun read for sure. Because I love the idea that you say, because sometimes the, there is like the advertisement nowadays that you, you are getting tracked and you don't have even the idea of it with the, with the Facebook pixels and all like Google tags and all of it. You don't have the idea that you are being tagged. Like uh, some lessons that you took from advertisement when you were working there. If Man, like that's the thing. It's we're so like we're it's over kind of. <laughs> it's like you become so cynical working for for advertisement because you realize that you're just constantly being manipulated like all the time, and it's and it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter where you go. It's um, advertisement after advertisement, and yeah, it's 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 a nightmare. And I don't even know how to get out of it at this point. Like it's such a part of like our world and, and, and or this world we live in at this part of the world that I don't see a way out of it. I think the best way I think you can do is, is really educate yourself to see behind a lot of like, I mean, they come up with new schemes all the time. So you got to stay on your toes, but I mean, just educate yourself a little bit and, and just try not to buy into every trend or whatever is being rubbed in your face. No, I think it's a, it's a great tip because like, yeah, yeah, I think education, it's the foundation for everything. You know, if you educate yourself, at least you have the idea that somebody is trying to manipulate you in, in some way, you know, if you don't, yeah. you are ignorant. Yeah. Exactly. Like you can't, if you can't change it, like just be aware of it and don't, and don't fall into those traps, you know, like that alone. I think that's, I think that's the best thing anyone can do. You know, I don't believe in this, like, you know, we're going to shut everything down and rebuild everything overnight. Like, I think things need to change gradually. And I think um, you just got to stay on your toes and, and just don't allow certain things being done to you and just draw the line at some point. I think it's a great, great, great tip. Now I will ask you another tip. Uh, what is your tip to make the world a better place? More dogs, more jujitsu. Um, <laughs> love it, love it. Humor, man. Keep humor. Humor is so important. Like, don't lose your humor about anything. And I think it's, yeah. At the moment, I don't know. A lot of a lot of people are losing their humor about shit, and I think it's so important to keep it. It's, yeah. It's so. It's it's the only way we can make it through. I think. Man, I think it's a great, great advice, man. Like, yeah keep it up like humor uh, and i think that we also can include uh, it's advice that we can take it for for the the current days that we are passing through man just have a laugh you know with the people that you are around with your dogs with your girlfriends like with the people that you love i think it's a great yeah. advice enjoy it enjoy it as, as long as we can you know who knows who knows what's gonna happen <laughs> we know today but like um Tell me, uh, what is the best way to find you in the social media if somebody wants to contact you? Um, hold on, my social media. So I have a website. It's probably, um, that sums all up. It's, it's Christopher Keeling together. That's my name, ChristopherKeeling.com. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, Artsy or the gallery. My, my paintings are on Artsy if you, if you want to um, shop digitally. Or you can contact the, the Grove Square Gallery directly over the GroveSquareGallery.com. Um, yeah, I think that, that covers all. 
I will put after in the description of the the video and the podcast. Any last advice that you want to give or any last thoughts that you want to share with me and the listeners and the viewers, please? Uh, Don't listen to so many people's advice. (laughs) Like, just do, figure it out, you know, like keep your mind open, try a lot of things and and find whatever is right for you. And, uh, And experience yourself, you know, don't have everybody like, you know, tell you what to do or chew it up just just try to figure it out and experience and have successes on your on your on your own and uh yeah i think that's all you can do man it's a great really really great advice man thank you so much to being in the podcast man don't forget to i will follow chris in all the social media guys a great day and a great life to all of you thank you thanks for having me thank you